Hello and welcome to On The Way Moments, a podcast from St. Anthony on the Desert Episcopal Church here in very warm today, humid, uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. On this episode, on this podcast, we have the privilege of hearing some great stories of people from their On The Way Moments in Life experiences that have shifted um, their their life. I'm Will Strong. I'm your host today. And on today's, epi- today's episode, we have a very wonderful guest. Uh, a lot of you know him, but uh, this is Father Bruce Jackson. Father Bruce, we are, or Father Jackson, I'm sorry. We are so happy to have you here today. Thank you. Yeah. Pleased to be here. Yeah. So, uh, Father Jackson is the interim rector, and he's been here seven months and done some great stuff. And we're, we're very privileged to have him as our, as our interim and, and all that good stuff. So, uh, why don't you just start by telling us a little about your background? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Uh, starting from childhood? You can start. <laughs> uh, well, I grew up in a family of five children. I was the oldest. Um, my father was in and out of our life. My grandmother actually ran the family. I um, was very much involved in the African-American Baptist Church as a kid. Nice. In fact, I was. Uh, everyone thought I was going to be a minister. But I got to high school and became a three-sport athlete. Young ladies started thinking I was good-looking, and <laughs> I went in a different direction. <laughs> the Lord always stayed with me, though. Yeah. And uh, by the time I was middle-aged, he slapped me upside my head and said, didn't I tell you a long time ago <laughs> what I wanted you to do? I actually went to uh, the University of Connecticut on a football scholarship. Uh, was there five years. Um, actually got drafted into the NFL, but that didn't didn't work. I was a defensive back. Um, Worked for three years for the uh, State of Connecticut Department of Corrections, became the youngest assistant warden in the country many years ago. And I got a fellowship to go to St. John's University School of Law. I got a Martin Luther King Fellowship, full ride. I practiced law for almost 20 years and Started a law firm that uh, I had a bunch of firsts. I was one of the first of two African American associates in the biggest firm in New York, Skadden Arps. Um, eventually, after a couple of big firms, I started my own practice, and it grew. Um, a friend of mine, we joined forces, formed a firm called Jackson and Consumano, and it grew to be the largest minority-led firm in New York State. Wow. We uh, at one point had. Uh, Eight partners and about 40 associate lawyers and about 75, 80 employees. Wow. Um, my dear wife, Barbara, though, was never happy with it. Even as I found one thing, every time you think a certain amount of money makes you mm-hmm. happy, it just brings other issues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was making a ton of money. I won't even tell you how much, but we're talking low seven figures. Wow. Was not happy. She was not happy. I started doing... She got me back into church. Okay. I started doing some reading and thinking again and started doing something in something called the Fellowship of Christians and Jews for the Homeless in New York. And um, there were a bunch of ministers in there, and they kind of thought I was one at first. And one of them asked me, they used to have these services on Saturdays, asked me with the homeless guys, asked me if I would fill in for them and preach once. And I had already been studying homiletics on my own, which is okay. preaching. Yeah. Um, I started taking some courses at Union Theological, which is an Episcopal uh, 
seminary. And a um, couple of times I preached there, and a couple of the ministers came to me and said, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them, the, the black Baptist minister, said to me, you know, I think you ought to consider, you know, you're making a lot of money, but I, he was right. Um, after a while, I started taking more courses. I actually took some courses uh, at Yeshiva in Hebrew <laughs> and understand Judaism, which is the foundation of what we believe. And uh, at some point in my studies, I decided I'm not happy anymore. And uh, our oldest son, Matthew, was on his way to college at Brown. The youngest son was already gone. And uh, I decided... I need to get into ministry. Hmm. She said, I know. <laughs> I said, we're going to lose a lot of money. Well, I'll make some when I sell the practice. Right. She said, I don't care. So we had a four-bedroom co-op, a penthouse floor on the Upper wow. West Side. We had a four-acre house in northern Dutchess County wow. to get away. I told my partners I'm ready to go, and they thought I was crazy. Wow. Of course, I did end up leaving for 10 cents on the dollar. <laughs> We wanted to move somewhere warm. We'd been out here a number of times, mm-hmm. and so we decided to come here and continue my studies. And finally, I ended up at, as minister in a Lutheran church, Okay, Resurrection Lutheran Church. Before that, the interesting story, I represented the Harlem Globetrotters. Oh my goodness, you've done it all. Yeah, when I was a lawyer. <laughs> if you don't mind, I have a story about it. I love it. No, share, yeah. When I was a junior in high school, I was kind of a high, you can't tell now, but I was a hotshot basketball player, I thought. <laughs> and one of my mother's cousins, Alvin Klinkscales, was on the Globetrotters. And uh, he heard me talking about how I thought I was a real good basketball player. I was tearing up playgrounds and summer leagues. Nice. So one day he brought a fellow named Metal Arc Lemon <laughs> to watch me play in this tournament. And he told me, I'm going to bring Metal Arc to check you out. And I scored about 40 points. I thought I'd really done it in. And afterward, Metal Arc said, I hear you're a pretty good football player. And he, said, he said, stick with that. <laughs> so <laughs> he was right. You know, the next year I averaged about 16 points in high school, but I was second team all-state nice. football player. But anyway, so we moved here. I when I first came here, I wanted to take a year off before getting back into ministry. Uh, the owner of the Globetrotters, a fellow named Manny Jackson, who I represented them, got in touch with me and said, hey, what's this? I hear there's new partners in your firm <laughs> taking over. Yeah. He said, why don't you come join me? I said, why? He said, I, want, I need somebody to be executive vice president. And that, 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 that. I said, no, I'm really going to go into ministry and blah, 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 blah. Well, one day he called my wife and told her, I'm offering your damn husband half a million dollars, new car. (laughs) He turned me down, and she said to me when I came home, you know, I just talked to Manny for a year or so. It's not a bad idea. You're spending a lot of money playing golf. (laughs) So I'm kind of upset at him for calling. So I decided yes. So I was executive vice president of Harlem Globetrotters for almost two years, but it wasn't what I wanted. And there were things there that I... It just was ugly. So I left there and became executive director of something called VICAP Faith in Action, Volunteer Interfaith Caregivers Program. It was a bunch of ministers and other people 
and we did some ministry with uh, people who were homebound, mm. the elderly. I led that for a couple years, and then Resurrection Lutheran Church called me. Mm. So I spent four or five years there. Okay. Um, there were three ministers. I was there was a senior pastor and me and another fellow. Uh, but the ELCA, the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, was going through what the Episcopal Church had just finished going through, yeah. whether or not gay people are God's children. Right. And, of course, we know what side I was on, but the senior pastor wasn't in agreement, so we were battling. Ah. Uh, one day, my youth pastor, his name is Ken Katona, who's now an Episcopal, Episcopal priest? priest up in California, he came to me and said, Boss, uh, I'd like you to do something for me. I knew when I had hired him, he said, look, one day I want to be an Episcopal priest. I said, fine. After about a year or two, he said, I, I think I'm ready to do that. Uh, would you head my, my discernment committee? I said, I certainly would be honored to. He's a good guy. So the diocese sent this fellow uh, to meet with me to go over uh, the, what, what was part of it. He apparently went back and told the bishop, this is a great black guy out there we need to grab. <laughs> Next thing I know, I have a, Bishop Smith calls me up. He was our, preside, our uh, presiding bishop. And he said, you know, I'd like to meet with you and have lunch and talk to you about some things. I said, well, what do you want to talk to me right. about? He said, you know, uh, maybe coming around in the Episcopal Church. So I went down and met with him. And um, I met with him, it was fine, and I got in what we could call a piss fight with the senior pastor <laughs> of Res Resurrection, because he gave a sermon in which he talked about how God doesn't like gay oh. marriage. So we had a little battle, and then I called up Bishop Smith and said, what do you have in mind? He said, well, I got a group of people who are already ministers and other polities that are coming over, and we're meeting every Saturday to <laughs> translate transfer into the Episcopal Church. And I said, okay. I go to the meeting, and one of the guys there was the guy that came to me and told Bishop Smith about me. <laughs> and there were Baptist ministers and Methodist ministers. It was about a group of about 10 of us. Okay. And we were Dean Nisley, who's now the Bishop of uh, Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. He was the Dean of the Cathedral. He ran the course with Bishop Smith. And uh, after the course, Bishop Smith decided to ordain me. Wow. And uh, I took a call to St. John's Episcopal in Glendale, where okay. I stayed for 10 years yeah. until I reached that magic age where they say, you're useless. <laughs> I know good black don't crack, but it's not working here. It's not working here. <laughs> so last year I hit 72. And, um, and that's the age? Yeah. And, and uh, the African-American version of the Episcopal Church, the AME, mm -hmm. They were talking to me about coming over there. And, okay. Um, and uh, our bishop, she called me up. Actually, the can to the ordinary said, uh, Bishop Redall wants to know if you'd like to continue your ministry. I go, yeah, I'm yeah. going to. <laughs> I'm going to. And she mentioned there's a church in Scottsdale, and you've been in Scottsdale for years <laughs> before, even though I now lived in Glendale. And I said, well, what church is that? And they mentioned this one. So I looked them up. I said, pretty place. Look like nice white people, <laughs> like I have here. Uh, okay, I said, send me the materials. He sent me the materials. I said, okay, we'll follow through. I interviewed with your great senior warden, yeah, Dan Austin, absolutely, and Claudia, the junior warden, and I kind of liked them. We liked each other. Great I said, people. well, let's keep talking. 
We kept talking, and then we said, let's do this. Nice. So I'm here. And let me tell you, I wish I had hit this earlier. This mm. is a great church with great people. Um, I, do, I don't think the people here realize what they have. Mm. They've got a great group here that just needs to grow. And it's one of the best-kept secrets in this diocese. And you got a beautiful facility, great people. Um, I've never had a ministry that is this easy to do. Not mm. that it's easy. Right. But you've got people that I'm used to in both the Lutheran and my former Episcopal polity. As the minister having to, like, monitor people, yeah. watch every ministry. You don't have to do that here. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's, a, it's a really fine place. I like to tell people, I keep waiting. It's seven months. I haven't run into that knucklehead member yet. I know it's bound to happen. It's bound to happen. Anyway, that's... No, yeah, that's... Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. it's interesting you bring that up, especially about yeah. St. Anthony, because uh, I was yeah. here from 2012 to 2015. Yes. I left, and, I, and you brought me back on as the youth mm-hmm. director, mm-hmm. and I agree. Like, I've been in other places mm-hmm. and other churches, and great churches, great people, but there's just something about this, yeah. about, about St. Anthony for yeah. me. I, the moment I first walked in in 2012, I just remember that feeling of, this is home yeah. for me. It was, and it, the people, like uh, like you said, so I, I can I can attest to that as well. And I know several of our members can as well. And that, a, so. The next priest is going to get into something here she is not ready for in terms of hmm. the pleasure of working here. Well, that's good. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so so kind of thinking about yeah. uh, St. Anthony, what would you consider some of the greatest, your greatest joys here? Uh, the people. The people. Yeah. The people. And I'll tell you something. Every time I walk into that sanctuary, something comes over me. It is so, it's the way a sanctuary is supposed to be. Mm. It's just, and I've seen lots of them. Right. The first time I saw this one, I thought, my goodness. I brought my wife out. She goes, oh, my goodness, what a sanctuary. Yeah. There's a sense of this is where God is, and it's peaceful and pretty. Whoever designed this sanctuary was marvelous. They did a great job. They're just great, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the people. Oh, and yeah. churches are uh, the people, and the people here are ministry-focused. They're, I think they really get it. Which <laughs> I, I have to tell you, I've, I've listened to your sermons every yeah. Sunday. And after, when you're done, I just want to, like, shout amen. Like, just, like literally. <laughs> That's like, in the Baptist like, church. I know, right? I'm like, amen. I grew up in that. I was like, yeah. amen. No, no. Okay, we'll just uh, quietly say it to myself. I'll tell you, at St. John's, every now and then, about once a year in my 10 years, they'd start clapping. <laughs> I, yeah. And then they'd stop, like, whoa, we're ooh, Episcopalians. Ooh. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> yes, amen. No, that brother's oh, okay. infected us, you know? <laughs> So in your in your time here, what are some of your hopes for St. Anthony that you would My hope sort of after I was here about a month with to bring a youth mm-hmm. pastor in mm-hmm. and and the vestry said yes yeah. and then Jill came to me who's our you know minister for evangelism who's wonderful uh, and mentioned you. Mm-hmm. Um, my hopes are to grow children's min- get children's ministry and youth yeah. ministry on solid footings. Yeah. My next hope is to get some more ministry work development. We have some fine ministries that I'm learning about here. Mm-hmm. In fact, I put them in a sermon two weeks ago mm-hmm. to get those ministries feeling as if post-COVID we still have a role. Yeah. Um, and essentially just get this place ready for someone to just come in after me yeah. um, with not a whole lot 
necessary on the plate from the past and they can start fresh. You can just jump right yeah. in. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. kind of thing you mentioned COVID, how, I mean, and from a, from a priest standpoint, how, how is that? Oh, it was oh, awful when yeah. it first happened. Yeah. Um, my first service at St. John's when we shut down, mm-hmm. we started only doing services on online mm-hmm. video and it was just my deacon and me. Hmm. And after the first service, I felt maybe I need to quit. Hmm. There were no people. There was no connection. It didn't feel like a church. Hmm. And I told my deacon, I'm not sure I can continue doing this. And he was cool. He said, said, well, I kind of feel the same way. He said, but my wife said to me, you can't stop. And Hmm. so my wife said the same thing to me. And then God never talks to me out loud, but he gets on my nerves quietly. And he said, nah. And the odd thing is, after a number of months, I got so used to coming into this empty sanctuary with just a video person Mm. and me and the deacon, I got really used to that. So when we had attendance again, I was thinking, do I know how to do this again? (laughs) These people look scary. (laughs) But that, that, from a priest standpoint, it was sort of mentally debilitating. Um. And it still affects me yeah. that we have to wear masks and people have to be, there's no longer community. And I don't do the wine right now. Right. I think some priests are still doing it. I, I just don't want to risk people. Absolutely. I like the common cup, but I don't think we're ready for that. COVID has changed. I'm not sure what the church post-COVID is going to look like. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be yeah, I was gonna say if you sure. had an idea. Or, well, a lot yeah. of people have gotten used to worshiping online. Absolutely. I mean, we're so, still running our services. Yeah, and I'm not sure Jesus or... built these churches for people who sit in their pajamas and worship. So. True. <laughs> I, I think we have to find a way to bring them back in. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, there's a great article out there about yeah. hybrid church and how do we, yeah. how do, we do church post-covid post-pandemic yeah. now and then one of the things is how do we bring them back bring people back and and it's just uh i know I th- that's similar with youth ministry i mean that's sure how do we light that fire again? yes you know, it's, it's easy to fall out of that habit once yes you're like oh i haven't gone to church in six months and and youth ministry has a different challenge that started happening a few years ago with the rise of social media absolutely oh absolutely and, at St. John's, my youth pastor, who'd been with me for eight, nine years, he ended up leaving because he said the kids now want to communicate on their phones. And it gets a little harder. They don't want to meet, join anymore. They want to rather do it online or on the phone. So I think that's even a more challenging It, it is. Problem. And I, it made me think of that. My first yeah. church, I was in a Methodist church. Yeah. I had just graduated college. And uh, one of the parents was like, my kid, this was in 2007. My kid's always on his phone. My kid's, and I said, no, okay. So I passed around what I called the cell phone bucket, and I made everybody put their phone in. People, I mean, the youth just lost it. They were yeah. just, they couldn't <laughs> believe that I was doing this, but the parents loved it because sure. they were present. They were in yeah. there. And, and, and they I, were old school. And they were, exactly. Yeah, right, so now, right, now right. it's like, okay, I can see the, the point of having your phone. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was just so funny. Like, just to think that wasn't even, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah. Like, how dare you? Yeah. There were folks back then who <laughs> wouldn't let their kid have a. Absolutely. I didn't have a phone until I was older. Yeah. I mean, it was like, come on. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just, but really... just like everything else, the church has to adjust. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I often think, and, and you, you, you've been doing a Bible study on Paul and I always think of, yeah. cause you know, I became all things to all people mm-hmm. and you know, how does the church uh, maneuver that? 
How does the church take Paul's advice? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I don't think we can be all things to all people. Right. But we can adjust to trends, which the church has always done. Absolutely. And still find a way to be the church. Maybe it won't look like the church of a generation ago, yep. which it never does. No. Um, but I kind of see the future being a hybrid continually. And I don't necessarily think it's bad for people to worship online if that's the only way to get them to worship. But I, I think we have to find a way to continue to grow present, attending worship in addition to offering the online version. Absolutely. Yeah. Like if you yeah. can't be here one Sunday, hey, check us out online. Sure. But we'd love you here every sure. Sunday. But sure. on those ones that you're not able to. And hopefully if you make the service and the preaching valuable enough, some people say, you know, let me go in there. Yeah. Those people seem to be okay. I like what they do. Yeah. And we've seen some new folks coming yeah, here. Yeah, we've seen yeah. some new faces yeah. and yeah. some, some yeah. returning faces, yes. and which is always yeah. a great thing for yeah. us. And, mm -hmm. um, but not that we're ready by any means, but beyond St. Anthony, have you given any thought to your future of where, what you're going to do? I, I'd like to continue preaching, teaching, and being the Eucharistic presence. Nice. I hope that the Episcopal Church gives me that opportunity. Um, like I said, there is a denomination that keeps bothering me, but I don't want to go there. Um, you know, we'll see what the Lord has in store, but I don't think he's done with me yet. I don't think so. No. I don't think so either. I definitely don't believe that. No, no. And if he is and lets me know that, okay, I'll just... I, I've done some writing that I, might be a book one day, so maybe I'll well, start doing that again. Yeah. yeah. There you go. But I think preaching, teaching, being a sacramental presence is right. still what the Lord wants me to do. I love it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are, like I said, we're, we're blessed to have you. And like I said, seriously, listen on Sunday. Come come to church on Sunday. <laughs> I mean, not only are you going to get a great sermon. It's the I whole just want to tell you, I feel, I, I'm glad I said to the bishop, all right, I'll listen to them because I, I feel blessed to be here. I wow. think this is a great, great. I told a couple other priests, hey, Jackson, how's it going? I go, you guys need to need to apply here when I'm gone. They go, well, I'm old too. I go, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just hope that 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 given COVID and mm -hmm. priests aren't really moving. Okay. I just hope that the word about this great place doesn't gets out there. Yeah, absolutely. So that, but I know some churches are having some problems in the last year even getting people to apply really? i mean san diego couldn't even get anybody to apply to be a bishop wow and they ended up with one applicant who wow. used to be the priest here okay yeah okay yeah. so uh, we'll see but under normal times if this place would be a very very great location it's a great place great people great facilities under normal times i think there'd be a lot of people wanting it take this i don't know what's going to happen this year with this yeah and if they need me to stay next year i'll stay yeah 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 <laughs> we heard it yeah, <laughs> we heard it here yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful one of the things yeah. that one of the questions that we ask all of uh, all of our guests mm -hmm. is um to share a, an on the way moment and this is uh, from your experience something that may have uh, might have seen kind of in retrospect that kind of changed the course of your of your life and you shared a few but I didn't yeah know was. that was pretty much yeah. that experience and and uh the experience of you know being a big shot lawyer and by mm. the way i was i was wrapped up with the political people and you know and the people like chuck schumer and bill clinton and hillary wow. and, and uh that 
that wasn't me. Yeah. I was, you know, you can be good at something and not glad at it. Oof. And it, yeah, Oof. you know that. Yeah. Ah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's what was going on. So the, 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 the experience at, with the fellowship of Christians and Jews for the homeless really wasn't a catalyst. It was just sort of something that was inevitable. And, and what happened with that was something that was inevitable. Hmm. So it wasn't a light bulb went off. Right. Always, always there. You know, I think a lot of a lot of people want that light, that big old, you know, that that Paul, that Saul. Yeah, and Paul's on the Damascus. way to Damascus, and God slapped him in his head, and lightning hit him, and all that stuff. I never had that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Never actually had God say hello. <laughs> Um, you need to be a priest. Like Solomon in his dream. Where, yeah. you know, It just never happened to me, but his presence is there. I'll, I'll ask a question, and he doesn't respond, but I get his vibe. Yeah. I get his vibe. Yeah. I like that. Get the mm-hmm. vibe. Yeah, I get his vibe. I like that, yeah. 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 It reminds me of that in Old Testament. Was it Elijah with the still small voice? Yes. God was going to walk by, and yes. this, boom, boom. Yes. Ah, it was yeah. that quiet voice. Yes, yeah. yes, so. yeah. Well, thank you again for, for taking the time. Um, well, thank you. And I want to thank you for agreeing to come back as our youth pastor. Oh, man, it's, it's been a blessing. I, not only are you good, I like you. <laughs> <laughs> and priests and youth pastors don't always connect. It's, you know what? No. It's, it's true. And uh, I just tell you, I was telling uh, yeah. Ty about this. I said, yeah. you know, this is one of the, the best priests I've ever worked for. Well, you're, and I appreciate that. You're so. a dynamic guy. So. I, think you, I think if you stay here, you'll build this back yeah. the way it should be. I agree. But thank you for this blessing. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's it for today. Um, mm-hmm. If you like the episode, please give us a thumbs up, leave a comment, YouTube, iTunes, or wherever you listen. Uh, be on the lookout, though, for those on the way moments of where God shows up and may change the course of your life. Blessings to you all. Thank you. Thank you.